Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Let's pray. Father God, we, we stand here, Lord, on the precipice of a new year, Lord. Lord, may this year be a great year, Lord, a year that, Lord, we see your hand at work. And Lord, as we open your word, Lord, may we find the truth, Lord, the truth that only you can give. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Tonight, the eyes of the world will descend upon Times Square in New York to watch the ball drop, uh, almost as if uh, something special is going to happen at midnight. I can remember a number of years ago, I had said to my mom and dad, I said, wouldn't it be cool to go to New York City on New Year's Eve and go to Times Square? And so we made the trip, and we spent a couple days in New York, and had a great time. And at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, we arrive at Times Square. And we got right in front of, all of you remember Dick Clark. We got right in front of him. We had a better seat than him. And for seven hours, seven hours, we stood out there. Now, if you've never been to Times Square, they put you in these corrals almost of people. And you just can't go anywhere. I mean, there's nowhere to go. And so for seven hours, we stood outside. And that would have been great, but the only problem was, to this day, that is in the top three coldest days in uh, New Year's days in the history of New York. I don't get cold, but it was freezing out there. And come midnight, the ball drops, and nothing really special happens. Nothing magical happens. Just another day, another year. But when we think of New Year's, it's really a time when we're looking back, but we're moving forward. It's kind of a crossroads of life. In Numbers chapter 27, we see a similar crossroads happening. In 27 verses 12 to 14, it reads, And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into the mount of Aram, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou seest it, thou shalt be gathered unto thy people as Aaron thy brother was gathered. For ye rebelled against my commandments in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before their eyes, that is the water of Meribah in Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. So what's going on here? So we see Moses and the children of Israel have finally made it to the shores of the promised land. They're standing at the shores of the Jordan River. And after all of these years, in the well, 40 years they've been lost in the wilderness, and now they finally made it to the land. And Moses, he goes up the mountain, and he looks over the promised land, and God tells him, he says, Moses, you can see the land, but you're not going to be able to go into the land because you've disobeyed me. And God talks about this in this passage. He, he says, Moses, remember in the wilderness when the people needed water. And I instructed you to go to the rock and to speak to the rock. And the rock would produce water. But Moses, you didn't do that. 
You remember the people were, were irate. The people were upset. They were irritated. They were like holiday shoppers. If you work in retail, they weren't happy to be around. And Moses got fed up. And instead of speaking to the rock, he took his shepherd's rock and probably something you and I would do, he starts beating the rock out of anger. And God says, but you rebelled, Moses. You disobeyed me. So because of that disobedience, you're not going to be able to go into the land. But I want you to look over the land. I want you to see what I've promised them. You see, New Year's is a time when we look back at the past. Moses was Israel's past now. He represented their past. And when he looked at the promised land, when he stood on that mountain and looked over the land, I, I like to think that Moses had a number of emotions, a number of thoughts. The first thought was Moses had to have remembered the past. He had to remember those memories of his time with, with Israel. I like to think of him and Joshua. Joshua was the, the man who God was choosing now to lead Israel into the land. And uh, him and Moses were so close through the years. Moses was his mentor. And I like to think of him and Joshua as two old friends standing there looking over the Jordan River into the promised land. The land that God had promised Abraham so long ago. And I like to think of them as, as if you had a friend that you hadn't seen since high school. And what do you do? You start, you start telling stories and you start telling about memories and things that you did. And I, I think if we were to go back and we were to witness that conversation between Moses and Joshua, I, I think it might have sounded something like this. I, I think that Moses might have said to Joshua, oh, Joshua, you remember the, the last 40 years. Uh, you remember when we came out of Egypt and Pharaoh's army had chased us and our backs were to the Red Sea and, and God, we parted the sea and we walked across on dry land. You remember that, Joshua. And remember the, the time that I went up the mount, Mount Sinai, and God gave us the Ten Commandments. And I, I took those and I carried those down. And Joshua, man, them, them things were heavy. They were stone. And all the times in, in the wilderness when, when we were hungry and God fed us. And, and now, Joshua, here, here we are. Well, here we are. We're looking into the promised land. Look at it. It's everything that we thought it would be. But Joshua, I have something to tell you. God told me that I'm going to die. That I'm, I'm not going to be able to enter the land with you. But Joshua, I want you to know something. I'm not going to cross this river with you. There's another river that I have to cross. But I want you to know one day, Joshua, when it's your time to cross that river, that I'll be waiting for you on the other side. You know, maybe this year you lost a loved one. And maybe that loved one's in eternity. I want you, just as, as that conversation took place between Moses and Joshua, think about their memories. Remember their memories. Remember the things they taught you. Oh, make it a special part of your life. But I want you to know something today. I want you to know that one day, when it's your turn to cross that river, as a believer in Christ, 
that they're going to be waiting for you on the other side. Oh, it's so important to remember and to celebrate those past memories, how important it is. It's not good to, to ruminate on all the, the negative things in the past year. I, I would say that Moses in his life as he stood there, he probably also had regret for his disobedience and the fact that he wouldn't be able to enter into the land. You know, disobedience, it keeps us from blessings, doesn't it? When we disobey God, it, it keeps us from those blessings that he has for us in our life. There's things that you may have regretted this past year. There's words that may have been spoken to a family member or a friend. I encourage you to make it right. It's a new year dawning. Make it right now. And make those regrets and go back and change those things. You know, the past is really a teacher, isn't it? When we look over the past year, it, it has taught us things. And the past is a teacher, and we can either be a willing student or we can be an unwilling student. Uh, we can be a student that wants to learn the lessons or not. Now, some lessons we really don't want to learn, and there's some teachers we really don't want to learn from. I, I can remember my first year of college. It was an English class, and I was there with one of my friends from high school, and he's sitting next to me, and the professor comes in, and he, he's an older gentleman, and he starts talking about that he's a karate expert, and he starts doing karate, which we found quite entertaining. And all of a sudden, he, he throws a block, and the button, he had those big brass buttons on his, on his blazer, and one of those buttons literally popped off of his coat, flew across the room, and hit a girl in the head. I looked at my buddy and I said, boy, this is going to be a long semester. <laughs> but sometimes there's teachers that we may not want to learn from. There's lessons that we may not want to learn. But the past is a teacher and we need to learn from it. I would say that as Moses stood and looked in the promised land, he also rejoiced in the present. I think that Moses was excited that the people were finally entering the land that God had promised them. You know, it's so important to celebrate our victories over the past year. And it's so important also to celebrate the victories of others. The ones we love, our family and friends. I'm, I'm always amazed when something happens good to another person and, uh, and someone who is supposed to be their friend, they, they almost get angry about it. Like, why didn't it happen to me? But you know what? We need to celebrate the victories of others. If someone's truly, truly your friend, they're going to be happy when good things happen to you. If they aren't happy when good things happen to you, maybe they're not your friend. It's so important to celebrate the victories that we have in life and the victories of others. And I think Moses stood there and he was so excited for the people. They're finally going to get to go into the land. Oh, what a great experience this is going to be. And you know what? I'm not going to be able to join them, but I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy that they finally made it. In verse 15 of Numbers 27, it tells us, And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of the flesh, set a man over the congregation 
which may go out before them and which may go in before them and which may lead them out and which may bring them in that the congregation of the Lord be not a sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay thy hand upon him. God appoints Joshua the new leader of Israel. Now, remember 40 years ago when Israel first came to the land, that there were two, Joshua and Caleb, that said, we can do this. We can take this. They were the only two of the 12 spies that believed that, that Israel would be successful. And now here Joshua is, the leader of Israel. Joshua represents Israel's future. Just as we stand here on New Year's Eve and look to the past, we also look forward to the future and the coming year and what it's going to bring. And God appoints him as the new leader. In Joshua, in chapter 1 and verses 1 to 2, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou, and all this people unto the land, which I do give to them, even the children of Israel. You see, God had goals for Israel. God had a plan for Israel. Now these goals all these years was to get to the promised land. That was the goal. And now they were there. It didn't end there. There was going to be new challenges. There was going to be new victories and defeats to deal with. There was going to be new goals that had to be set. I want to think just for a minute about goals and the importance of goals. You know, so many people make New Year's resolutions. I, I like to call them, them goals. And, you know, once you reach the goals, just like Israel, you have to create new goals. If you didn't reach last year's goals, you have another opportunity this year. But it's so important to have goals. Goals develop us. Goals keep us moving forward. Uh, every year in November, I start to formulate, what's my goals for the new year? And I think it's so important to have goals in every area of your life. There should be spiritual goals. There should be goals for work and family. There should be goals for health. Whatever it is, it's important to have goals to keep us moving forward. And this New Year's, I encourage you to think about some goals. Now, goals require planning for the future. God had plans for Israel. So many times through the Old Testament, you see that where God says, I have plans for you. I have goals for you. And I think when we look at goals, there's four very important steps that we see here in Israel's journey all the way through the wilderness to the promised land. And these four steps are, are this. The first, that the goal has to be God approved. Israel's goal of getting to the land, taking the land, this was a goal that was ordained by God a long time ago. God had promised his people, this is your land. I'm giving this to you. This goal was God approved. Whatever goal that we're looking at achieving in our life this year should be God approved. Uh, the second thing is you got to have an action plan. 
Now, I, I, I don't feel that you have to know every detail. You're never going to know every detail and everything to do. But you have to have a plan of action. When Israel went into the land, the first major challenge was the city of Jericho. And God gave them a very detailed plan. He told them, I want you to walk around the city every day. I want you to do and he had all of these detailed things that he wanted them to do. And Israel followed each and every one of those detailed things. And God gave them the victory. So whatever your goal is, you got to have a, a plan of action. You also have to be motivated. Oh, Israel was motivated. They wanted to get out of that wilderness. They were sick of traveling around the desert. They wanted to get to the place that they could call home. You have to have that motivation. And, you know, motivation is something that's kind of tough. Some days you're motivated. Some days you're not. But you have to find that motivation each and every day that can get you closer, those little steps that get you closer each and every day to your goal. And the fourth thing we see here, and it's the one that everybody hates, is accountability. We hate accountability, don't we? We, we can be motivated, we can get a plan of action, and then all of a sudden, uh, we're being held accountable to this. Terrible thing. You got to have accountability. God held Israel accountable for their actions. And if you're really going to reach your goals, you have to know where you're at along the way. Whether that's a person in your life that you're accountable to, accountability partner, a friend, a family member. You got to be accountable. Uh, you know, when you, if you ever have worked with a business coach or, or a coach in general, one of the biggest things they do is they hold you accountable. Uh, they tell you, they say, well, this is the plan. Are you sticking to it? Are you doing what you need to do? You ever watch a basketball game and you see somebody mess up on the floor? What's the next thing you see? You see somebody sitting by the scorer's table ready to substitute in. And so many times what will happen is the guy that messed up, when he comes out of the game, he immediately makes a, a beeline to the end of the bench. And you see the coach going right here. And he sets him down and he tells him what he did wrong. He holds him accountable. We have to be accountable. So in our lives, just as Israel, when we're looking at our goals, we want to have goals that are God approved. We want to have a plan of action. We want to be motivated. But we also got to be held accountable. In verse 3 of chapter 1 of Joshua, we see the future is about to begin for Israel. God continues to talk to Joshua and he says to him, he says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake you. The future begins with Joshua. And God begins to give Joshua a tremendous pep talk, tremendous encouragement. You know, as... Israel was going into the land. They knew that there was a lot of things in the land that were scary. There were giants in the land. There were these tremendous fortified cities. 
And they knew that there was some anxiety moving forward, going into this land. And just as Israel has anxiety, uh, some of us, when we stand on the shores of a new year, there's some anxiety moving into it. What's going to happen? How's this all going to play out? How's these situations that I'm going through in my life, how are they going to, to happen? There's anxiety for the future. In Proverbs chapter 12, it tells us, Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Uh, that verse basically says anxiety is like a weight. It just, it weighs us down. It's hard to move when we have so much weight on us. But it says an encouraging and a positive word, oh, that brightens us up. That makes us stand up straight and move forward. And that's what God's doing here. He's giving Joshua an encouraging, positive words to move forward. Anxiety is something that is very real. It can cripple us. It can keep us from moving forward. We all know the great Olympian, the greatest Olympian to ever live, one of the greatest athletes to ever live, Michael Phelps, man who won 28 medals in the Olympics. 23 of them were gold. In fact, in one Olympics, he won eight gold medals alone. Tremendous accomplishment. He was in races that weren't just won by a tenth of a second, but some of them were run by hundreds of a second. So amazing pressure had been on him for so many years. And he came out and he told his story and he said, you know, I battled anxiety my whole life. I've just had so much anxiety about the future. And I knew I had to, to get help. I knew I had to, to find someone to help me. And I think of that, I think the, the, arguably the greatest athlete to ever live, and here he has anxiety about the future. Well, where does that leave you and I? That leaves you and I in a place that, that when we see situations coming in our life, it gives us anxiety, it can give us fear, it can really work on us. But those are the things that God says we have to address. In Psalms, it tells us in chapter 34 and verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. One interpretation says, God met me more than halfway. And he calmed my anxious fears. And it's great to know that if we take a step toward God, he's going to come to us. And he's going to calm all those fears about the future. That anxiety in our life. I encourage you to look for God for help. If you have anxiety about this coming year and about the future. And if you have anxiety, then these next verses are going to help you. Because when you have a fear of the future, you got to have courage. You know, going into an unknown place is scary. Israel was entering a place that was totally unknown to them. It was a scary place. The future a lot of times can be a scary place because it's unknown. But you have to have courage. In the Pacific Theater in World War II, we read of the Bhutan Death March where thousands of Allied soldiers were taken captive and were marched some 65 miles in horrific conditions. In fact, 500, over 500 U.S. soldiers died and many others died as well in the 65-mile march that they were taking them to POW camps to keep them and a daring group of individuals 
was going to lead a raid. But they had to go 35 miles behind enemy lines. They had identified a camp that was one of the smaller camps, and they said, you know, we can get in there, and we can free some of these POWs. Everybody told them, they said, it's a suicide mission. You're crazy to even think that you're going to fight your way 35 miles behind enemy lines and, and free these POWs. But they went anyway. They were men of incredible courage and valor. And they went behind those enemy lines, and when they made it to the camp, the POWs were so amazed that anyone had come that far that they literally hid because they thought it was some type of a trick from the enemy. But they were able to free some 500 U.S. soldiers in that raid because of their courage and because of their bravery. Going behind enemy lines, a place that many people would not go, a place that Joshua was about to go. And in verse 6, God gives him an exaltation. He says, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and of very good courage that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou wilt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, O Joshua, haven't I commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid. Neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. If you follow God, he'll give you that courage. He'll give you that strength. He'll give you the things that you don't even know you have to make it through to the promised land, to make it through to that scary place. You see, the people in the Bible were just like us. Uh, they weren't special. They had fears. They had anxiety. They had depression. They had doubt. But the ones that succeeded were the ones that trusted in God. You see, that's the formula for success. We don't have to have all the tools. We don't have to have it all figured out. But we simply have to trust in God. And just like Joshua, and just like the Lord gave Joshua those encouraging words, those words ring true to you and I today. God's saying to you, whatever you're going on in your life, he's saying, be strong, be of good courage. I'm right there beside you. I'm with you wherever you're going to go to help you. You know, there's one thing as a believer that we know that we can have, and that is hope for the future. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has a plan for us. And his plan is a plan of hope. See, God 
knows what's going to happen this year. You and I don't. But God sees the future. God knows the path that's ahead of you. And in your life, God can give you that hope. He can give you that courage to keep moving forward if you simply trust in him. Let's pray. Lord, as we think about the past and the future, Lord, you were with Moses all the days of his life. Lord, you were with Joshua all the days of his life. And Lord, you'll be with us all the days of our life. And Lord, maybe there's someone here who says, you know, I've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, but oh man, my past has been so rough. Jesus don't care about the past. He cares about your future. He cares about where you're going, not where you've been. And maybe you say, well, I've been to some bad places, but that doesn't mean that you have to keep going there. God says, I'm going to extend my hand of hope to you. And today we're going to extend a hand of hope today that if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, we would invite you as we sing a song to come forward and to pray a simple prayer. Maybe you've come with someone and they can walk with you. And it's a simple prayer to ask Jesus to be your Savior. You see, we're all sinners and we have to recognize that we can't save ourselves. And we must call out to God for salvation and believe that Jesus is Lord. Believe that he is the son of God, that he died for our sins and that he is the way to heaven. And to say that with our mouth and believe that in our heart. If we do that, we can have that salvation. Wherever you are today, if you pray that prayer, God can save you. Lord, I pray there's someone here today that have never known you, that today might be the day of their salvation as we invite them now to come forward. In your precious name we pray, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. 
and you came and lived a perfect life and you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.